Actually, we're not. Yeah, go to 19, verse 19. We've been doing this, I think this is the fourth week now for uh, talking about the armor of God. So we're going to go straight to, uh, I'm not going to review with you about the whole armor. Hallelujah. But I want to go straight to verse 19. And it said, hey, we're going to talk about one specific piece of the armor tonight. Hallelujah, that's wrong. Why did I write Ephesians 6, 19? Anyway, go to verse 16. Didn't write that down right. Glory to God. Verse 16, one specific piece of armor tonight. Glory to God. It says, Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. So tonight we're going to talk about the shield of faith. Amen. Um, we t just a couple of things to say before we get into it. But if you remember, uh, we have been talking about how there's six pieces of armor and three of the pieces of armor are the Word of God. Remember that we have the sword of the Spirit, which it says, which is the Word of God. We have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Gospel of peace. Y'all catch. And we have the belt of truth on, the Word of God being truth. So three pieces of the armor are actually the Word of God. Three pieces of the armor are things that God purchased for us in our redemption. In other words, things that were purchased for us in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And those being, uh, we talked about uh, last week, one of those things being the, uh, the breastplate of righteousness. Hallelujah. That righteousness was bought for us in our redemption. So this is part of our redemption. Righteousness is part of our redemption. And then we talk, we're going to, we, next week, well, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise. That's how Granny Hicksy would have said it. Hallelujah. I always got mad at her for saying, I say, Granny, he's willing, and the creek's not going to rise. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, Lord willing, no, not next week. Can't do it next week because we're having the Durants. Anyway, someday in the sweet by and by, hallelujah, we want to talk about uh, the helmet of salvation. But I decided to do these in the order that they came in the Word of God. And so why, and I don't really understand particularly, but I always figure God has a reason for everything. And so there was a certain order. So I'm talking about them in order. But the helmet of salvation, salvation is what's bought in our redemption. And we need to understand the new birth. Most people think the new birth is nothing more than, well, I'm going to go to heaven, not hell. But there's so much more to the new birth than that. And so we'll get to talk about that one day. Amen. But tonight we're going to talk about the shield of faith. Now, faith was got, gotten for us or bought for us or given to us in our redemption. Hallelujah. The Bible says that. It teaches that. And we're going to go through that tonight and see how we got faith in our redemption. That faith is not something that we earn. Hallelujah. But you have faith. This set me free when I learned this because I was one of those who was always trying to get more faith. Trying to always never feeling like I had enough to get the job done as far as getting healed or what I needed from Jesus. So I was, man, I, it, it made me diligent. I was always in the Word, in the Word, in the Word, listening to tapes, listening to tapes, listening to tapes. But you know, the Bible says you can be uh, always, uh, what is that? Always learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. <laughs> Hallelujah. You can be just always listening but never grasping what you're getting. And when I found out that I had the faith of God inside, of me it set me free from that always trying to get more and I began to act on my faith and release my faith and so we'll talk about that tonight I want you to notice from the scripture there in verse 16 he says above all taking the shield of faith so he must mean by saying that 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 of all the six pieces of armor this is the one above all 
that you've got to have in order to be successful in life. Above all, it's the one you've got to have in order to do what the verse says in order to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. You can have the helmet of salvation and still not quench the fiery darts of the wicked. You can even have on the breastplate of righteousness and not be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked if you do not know about the shield of faith and how to use the shield of faith. Amen? So tonight, talking about the shield of faith. Uh, I want to read this to you, this verse from the New Living Translation. In every battle, say every battle. In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. See, the, lots of the body of Christ doesn't like faith. Don't like faith teaching. Don't like the faith message. Don't like the faith movement. Don't like faith churches. You can get on the internet and find a whole bunch of people don't like faith churches and faith movement and faith internet. But he said, above all, taking the shield of faith. And the New Living says, in every battle, you're going to need faith. And I used to be afraid of faith myself. And I was in a faith church. And I was like, I mean, because I didn't understand how it worked. And I was, you know, like I said, always felt like I was coming up short. And so uh, needed more understanding. So we're getting our mind renewed. What is faith? We want to talk about what is faith tonight. Faith is a law. Faith is a law. It's, just a, it's a law just like gravity is a law, just like reproduction is a law. And, you know, we know that the law of gravity works 100% of the time. Amen? It works 100% of the time. If you don't believe it, just go try it out. Just right, march right up those stairs and come over that balcony and we'll see that it'll work 100% of the time. The law of gravity, won't we? Hallelujah. It worked in my office. Y'all heard about me falling out of my office chair? My chair in my office? Oh, I've been black and blue back here. Oh, I've had a big, look like Pastor beat me with a baseball bat, but he didn't. <laughs> Because I bent over, I, I rolled my chair over to the filing cabinet and I bent down to get penny rollers out of the filing cabinet without being too lazy to get up out of my chair. And that chair with rollers went like that. And I hit the trash, the shredder coming down right here. And I laid in the floor and just nearly cried in there. And I thought, man, I could lay here three hours before anybody <laughs> in this church even came to my office. Hallelujah. And I finally got myself up, hobbled over at the door and saw Pastor down the hall. I said, come pray for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And he came and had mercy and prayed for me. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And, and then one night I was going to show him how black and blue I was, so I backed up to him and lifted up my shirt, and he was watching TV, and he just reached up and started scratching it. He thought I wanted him to scratch my back. I about hit him then. He about had he about had a ring around the eye. Hallelujah. So the law of gravity works. Hallelujah. You'll never forget that the law of gravity works. It works 100% of the time. And did you know that the law of faith works 100% of the time? Now, you know, sometimes you'll hear people say, I tried that and it didn't work. I did everything. Have you, I've heard people actually tell me this. I did everything and it didn't work. And they're speaking of faith or believing God for something. But I want to tell you something. They're wrong. They, they, if they had done everything, it would have worked. And we can all be missing a piece. And there's been many times when I've been missing a piece of something. You know, just not having that little key. Because there's more. Sometimes there's things... We have to do the whole word, don't we? Hallelujah. And so when we do the law of faith 
and we do it right and we, have, and we understand it, it works 100% of the time. So when it's not working, we have to change. The Bible says, uh, God says, uh, what does it say? He, it says about God, I change not. He says about himself, I change not. He's not going to change. If anybody's going to change, who's it going to have to be? Us, yeah. I, I mean, it's going to have to be me that changes. He's not going to change. Hallelujah. He's not going to make an exception for me. There's not any. He never makes an exception. He never makes an exception. Amen. He's set down the laws or the rules of the kingdom or the principles, and we have to find them out, and we have to work the principles. We have to, work the, we have to, we have to use the tools that he has given us. Amen. And they work 100% of the time. But he's, he doesn't make exceptions. He doesn't bend the rules. He doesn't say, well, you know, just this one time, I'm going to do it a little different because, no, because he won't. And the reason he doesn't is not because he's not merciful. It's because he is merciful, and he wants us to be able to count on him. He wants us to be able to know every time exactly how it's going to work. Amen. Now, religion wants to say God works in mysterious ways, His wonders to perform, but that's all that is. It's just a man's tradition. That's one of those old wives' tales, one of those fables that Pastor preached on this morning. That's what that is. That's all that is. I used to think that was in the Word. I, so we, start, we looked and looked and looked for that in the Word when we first got filled with the Spirit because we'd hear people say that. Well, we got a Dakes Bible, and we, you know, Dakes has all this stuff written in the margin, and it said one of the, the it, it, he had a list of things that people think that's in the Word of God and is not, and that's one of them. That's one of the most, that came from some poem. Some, some old greeting card somewhere. You know, you go to the store and get a greeting card, a spiritual greeting card. Phew, I mean, they're all junk. Most 99 and 9 tenths of them are junk. Those spirit, you know, hallelujah. Just go get you an old carnal funny one. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be more truth. There'll be more tr truth on it than, oh, you know, they're the whiniest old cards, those old poems. Oh, Jesus, help me why I'm on this. Anyway, <laughs> hallelujah. So just go get you one by shoebox or, you know, some, you know, go get you some... <laughs> Some funny card and send it to somebody. Hallelujah. And they'll laugh at a Mary Hart will do good like a medicine. And they'll get well instead of you giving them some old piece of religion. Amen. Y'all know what I'm saying. Hallelujah. So it works 100% of the time. The law of faith works all the time. Always going to work. So I'm going to have to do some changing. You know, I heard Brother Hagin say a long time ago, if, uh, if, you, if, you, if you don't get it pretty quick, start changing. If you're believing God and you're not getting it pretty quick, start changing. Start finding out where you need to change. Amen? Hallelujah. You know, if, if that's not the case, He'll tell you. God will speak. To, if you're going to have to stand an extended time and yet you're doing everything right, God will let you know you're doing everything right. Now just keep standing. He'll make that clear to you. Faith is the ability to believe God's Word to the point that the Word of God is the only thing you will act on. Let me say that again. Faith is the ability to believe God's Word to the point that the Word of God is the only thing you will act on. Faith does not deny the existence of sickness, failure, poverty, and lack. Now, you know, I think it's Christian science that d d denies the existence of those things. But faith does not deny the existence. Faith does not deny that you have a sore throat. Faith, but faith does deny that, you, that, that it has a right to be there. Faith will deny that it has a right to exist in your body. Faith does not deny anything contrary... Faith, excuse me, start over. Faith does deny 
anything contrary to the word of God, the right to rule, reign, or dominate in your life. So anything contrary to the word of God does not have a right to rule, reign, or dominate in your life. Now turn over to Romans 10, 17. I, I just nearly didn't do this tonight because Pastor nearly preached it all this morning. He was just over there. He was, he was over there in my thing I'd already prepared for tonight, but hallelujah. So how many of you know sometimes somebody else can say it a little different and, it, and it'll sink in a little further? Romans 10, 17. He covered this well this morning. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You can see the word cometh is in italics, and that's not, it, it, the, the translators put that in there. It's not in the original Greek. So then faith by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The Hudson translation said, so faith arises by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The New English translation says, faith is awakened by the message. Our point that we're going to prove here tonight is the, is the fact that you've already got faith, that faith doesn't come by hearing the word of God, that you got faith in the new birth. That you got faith when you got born again, that you got the God kind of faith. And it, had to be, it has to be activated by the word of God. It has to be activated by the Word of God. And so we've all heard enough Word. Everybody in this church tonight's heard enough Word to have their faith activated. Amen. Faith will lie dormant until you act, and then it becomes belief. Faith will, you can have all the faith in the world, but until you act. I like what Brother uh, Scott Webb says. He says, uh, and this is the most awesome message, one of the messages that turned my life around, but he says there's a difference between having faith and being in faith, even concerning sickness. You can have faith concerning healing and not be in faith about your particular situation. And if you go to that scripture, it says for us to examine ourselves to see if we be in faith. See, there's a difference between having faith and being in faith. I guarantee you everybody in this room has faith. Everybody in this room has faith for finances. Everybody in this room has faith. We've got it. But, but probably there might be some of us in some situations that are not in faith. And you know, you can be going along in, in, in just in faith for finances and get some kind of sickness and be having faith and not in faith. Need to make a little adjustment. Doesn't take long to make the adjustment. Hallelujah, because we have faith. But we do need to make that. Uh, faith acted upon always brings us the victory. Faith acted upon always brings us the victory. Now, family, there is always, faith always has an act. There's always an act to faith. Believing, even believing and saying is not enough. The saying is part of it, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but faith always has an act. There's always an action, a corresponding action. Remember, James told us faith without works is dead. Faith without corresponding action is dead. Amen. Turn over to 1 John chapter 5. First John chapter 5. You know, God just has us going back over things that we... Uh, you know, you just... You cannot... First of all, there's nothing new under the sun. Hallelujah. We've already preached all, all of it at some time or another. So, But it's good. We have to refresh ourselves in these things. Just even preparing this refreshed me as far as faith. First John 5, verse 4. For, who, for whatsoever is born of God... 
that means born again, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who, let me see. Yeah, that's all, just that one. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We inherited faith from our Father God. And the, the kind of faith that we got is overcoming faith. Yes. World-changing faith. Conquering faith. And, the faith and, and, and it's faith that will conquer this world system. Now see, he said faith, whoever is born of God overcometh the world. That word world there means world system. It's the world system of sin. It's the world system of sickness. The world system of poverty, failure, fear, lack, shortage. See, there's a system out there of shortage. The world's never going to talk about anything but shortage. The world's never going to talk about anything but lack. It don't matter how God could, God could throw zillions of dollars into the economy of the United States and they'd still be talking lack. Amen? Because it's the system. And we have a faith that is designed to overcome the system. In other words, even though we're in the world, we live above lack. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it's not according to what we make either. It's according to our faith. Hallelujah. God is not moved by money. And that's why you can have a dollar in your purse and say, my God shall supply all of my need according to his riches in glory and go around completely not concerned and not worried, knowing, knowing, knowing that the righteous have never been forsaken and their seed begging for bread, knowing that we don't have to concern ourselves about what we'll eat, what we'll wear in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Because, see, we, we, we overcome this world system with our faith. Hallelujah. We'll never get to prosperity. Listen to me. We'll never get to prosperity where we actually have wads of money in our purse, which God wants us to have. But we'll never get there as long as we won't trust Him when we only have a dollar in our purse. He's the author and the developer of our faith. And He starts us at square one. He always starts us at square one. Now trust me with a dollar. Hallelujah. You know, he wanted Nicodemus. He, well, he said, he told him, this thing you lack, you know, he said, go sell all you have and give it, give it away. He, he, he was a rich man, Nicodemus, and he said, okay, was it Nicodemus? No, I'm, I got the wrong one. The rich young ruler, yeah. The rich young ruler, he said, go sell all you have and give it away. Why? Because he was rich and, and he needed him to start at square one and believe it. He needed to start at square one. Man, if you can't, he, he had to, he's, you know, everybody climbs the ladder the same way. Hallelujah. I used to didn't know that. I used to, you know, we first became pastors. That was 20-something years ago, 20 years, 21 years ago. Well, I was like, oh, God, you know, if, I, if you would just grace us like you did Brother Copeland. And then God spoke to me after two or three years, and he said, you know, Debbie, everybody climbs, has climbed the same ladder, and nobody gets to skip any rungs. And Brother Copeland climbed every, every step you're taking, he's took. God doesn't have any favorites. That'd be wrong for him to start Mr. Big up here, and, and he's like, okay, you're going to have to work and earn it and believe God and stretch and sacrifice and crucify. And <laughs> Hallelujah. No, we all start at the same place. 
Hallelujah. So you don't ever have to look over. If you see somebody prospering in the church, hallelujah. Well, they, they're either uh, the rich young ruler, and God just hadn't got it from them yet, so he can start them at square one. Or they've been climbing a ladder you don't know about. A lot of times they've been climbing a ladder you don't know about. Was that Miss Vicky that told us Friday night that she said that Creflo Dollar's giving away how many? 80 automobiles. And then all the people in Atlanta, oh, they're so mad because he drives a Rolls Royce. Well, my God, what else could God do? <laughs> I mean, what else could God do when you've given away 80 automobiles? He's not going to give him a Mazda. But see, a lot of times, see, we don't know the ladder they've climbed. And we just look out in his driveway and go, man, that's a waste, a Rolls Royce. And we don't know the ladder they've climbed. We don't know the sacrifices they've made. We don't know what they've given away. And, and you know, that's the way it even is in this church and in this ministry. Because we don't ever confess lack and because we dress up. You know, we don't put sackcloth and ashes. People think, oh, you know, they're just rolling in it. You know, we had somebody the other day that they were believing God for something and one of their kinfolks said, well, you need to go get that church to help you. Why? Because we look rich up here. They don't know that I spent everything in the church account just to pay the bills that day. I mean everything. Just to pay the bills. Why? Because we don't, we're believing God and we have an air of prosperity about us. And we're not going to change that. Hallelujah. I mean, we act the same when there is $50,000 in the account as we do when there's five cents. I don't spend, ever spend it all. I don't want to close the account out. You know. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He paid the bills. We paid them all. All of them were on time. Every bill's paid. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We walked on water. Amen. He said the ends would meet and overlap, and they do. We've been walking on that word for about a year and a half now. The ends meet and overlap. Every time we just want to waver a little, we say, oh, thank God, the ends will meet and overlap. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank God for the prophet that gives you a word to walk on. Anything. Praise God. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, the wor we have world overcoming faith living on the inside of us. That means we can overcome anything that resulted from Adam's fall with our faith. Yeah. Amen. Um, to prove that we have the God kind of faith, we do that by overcoming the world with our faith. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Now, you know the faith message that we preach can come across harsh. And a lot of people don't like it because of that. But it, we, it, we have compassion. It's not that we're... But, you know, when you get up and say... You're going to have to change. God's not going to change. There's just a lot of people not tough enough to take that. I mean, that sounds harsh to them. You know what I'm saying? And I can see their point. I can see where it sounds harsh. I mean, if somebody's sitting out there with cancer and they're believing God and they're fighting to just breathe their next breath, 
I can see where that, count, that could sound hard and harsh, but it's still the truth. It is still the truth. And it's wrong for us to give uh, a, false, a false comfort. Not that there's not plenty of comfort. Oh, there's plenty of comfort. The comfort is, is you've got the God kind of faith and you can be healed easily. That is the comfort. But for us to just lend sympathy and just to cry, and you know, we don't cry with people a lot. Although we're very, we're very sad when we hear somebody's fighting a battle. I, I'm sad and I'm mad when I find out the devil has touched a member of the body of Christ. Even if it's not a serious thing. I'm mad when I find out that the kids in our nursery have strep throat or something. That makes me mad. I hate the curse. I hate the devil. Amen? But listen, don't throw the faith message out because sometimes it can come across like there's no compassion. Amen? Because none of us mean it that way. None of us mean it that way. Pastor and I don't mean it that way. Brother Hagen, Brother Copeland don't mean it that way. In fact, you'll find they're the most compassionate people. Amen? Because they'll go to the ends of the earth to get truth to you. Amen? Hallelujah. Um, Ephesians 2, verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that faith is not even of yourself. It is the gift of God. See, you, you, you don't have, you can't. See, we, if we could say it was our faith, then we could boast. Couldn't we? I mean, I could boast and say, <laughs> I got more faith than you. Because I've really been putting it in. See, I could boast. But see, I don't have anything to boast about. First of all, because we got the same faith. Now, I might be acting on mine more. Might be getting more results. But I can tell you, I can tell you this man is acting on his faith. Hallelujah. That's why I picked him. <laughs> Hallelujah. But anyway, so I don't have anything to boast about. We got the same faith. It was the gift of God. Lest any man should boast. God doesn't want us boasting. Hallelujah. So when pastor comes up to you, and, and I've heard him say this, are you God's man of faith and power? You can say, Absolutely. Why? Because you got the faith of God inside of you. God's man of faith and power. God's woman of faith and power. And see, some, you know, and that's the thing is, is uh, we, we, we don't feel like we are sometimes. See, and, and you know, we got to recognize this. Uh, you know, Benny Hinn is not nobody. He is, he is the biggest nobody. All he is is obedient. And praise God for that. We're glad. I'm thankful he's obedient. But it is nothing of him. It is nothing of him. It is nothing he earned. It is nothing he studied for. It is nothing he prepared for. Although he did have to prepare. But lots of times, there's little old ladies in the church spending more time praying and studying than Benny Hinn is. I guarantee you a man with a ministry like that. 
He fights for every minute he gets to pray and study. It's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. It is completely the gift of God. Oral Roberts, it's completely the gift of God. Even Brother Oral said himself, you know, he'd go out into these tent crusades and see marvelous miracles, but then he'd have a cold and couldn't figure out how to get healed. Now, that was a long, long time ago. He couldn't figure it, because, you know, he, couldn't, he, he just couldn't figure out how to make that faith work. Well, see, that gift was nothing of him. It's for the people. And praise God, you know, praise God for it. Thank God for Brother Oral. Thank God for, I'm so thankful for Brother Benny. And those gifts are predominantly for the world. It's a demonstration to the world, predominantly, Brother Benny is. And to uh, Christians that are hung in, uh, in religion. Amen. And so it's the gift of God. It's the gift of God. And you know what? When we get up there to get our crowns, it's not going to be, well, okay, you get a big one because you had a, you had a tw boy, Dr. Cho. He got a big one because he has, what, a million members in his church. You're getting a really big crown. No. That little pastor over in, in Elrod, Alabama. Now, if he's faithful and he's obedient, or that little prayer warrior... That little prayer warrior. That little woman that nobody even knows what she does at home every day. The, the, those crowns, that's where the big crowns are probably going to be. The biggest crowns. See, it's not, it's not them. It's not us. It's not, you know, it could have just, you could have just, it could just as easily if God chose you. Now, it doesn't mean that anybody can get up here. But if, when, if God chooses you, you can do it. There's a grace. Amen. Hallelujah. So we can't boast about our faith. We can't boast about our gifts. We can't boast, man, I'm the best usher. Man, I'm anointed to usher. Although there's people that are anointed to usher. And being anointed to usher is just as high in God's eyes as being anointed to pastor. If you're faithful. If you're faithful. The nursery, being anointed. I know people anointed to be the nursery. I know people anointed to clean. They just make things smell good and it just, it's just right. It, I know in Seminole we had the lady in our church that was anointed to clean. And um, I could be sitting at my desk and she could clean my office all around me. And it wouldn't even, it was so anointed it wouldn't even disturb you. I mean, she just come in my office with me there and just clean and move stuff, and I'm just working and, and preparing or studying or whatever I'm doing. It don't even disturb the atmosphere. Because why? It's anointed. Now, you know, that's not... I'm, not all of us have that. But some of us do, and some of us are trying to be what we're not. And when you get try to infringe, and I don't know why I'm here, but when you try to infringe in an anointing that you're, that's not yours, you put yourself in physical danger. You put your, you, when, when people rise up and try to be pastors and split churches and they're not even called to be pastors, and we got churches all over this town where they're not, where, where, where they're not no more called to be a pastor than I'm called to be an astronaut. But see, people look out and lust after the money a lot of times. 
Like, <laughs> yeah. But they do. I mean, they, it's like, you know, they want that power to control that money. And uh, a lot of times they lust after the, you know, they see people opening car doors for the pastor and stuff, and they lust after it. And so they want that for themselves. And some people don't even, it's not even that. Some people are good-hearted people who really love God's people and want to help them. But they, they, they try to do that in a, in, a, in a wrong way. And a lot of times they end up hurting people. You can see, you can just tell when some, you can just tell, family. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> anyway, got off on that. Glory to God. Romans 12, 3. Let's turn over there. We'll try to get back on the subject, maybe. But I like to let the Holy Spirit take a message and do what He needs to do with it and do what He needs to do in it. Amen. Romans 12, 3 says, uh, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So right there, we have it. We're not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. We're not to despise uh, our position in the body of Christ. We're not to despise small things. Amen? And we're to, you know, everybody has a, has a call. Everybody has a, a place in the body of Christ. Everybody has a... a uh, a destination in the spirit. And you know, this thing that, that, that denominational churches do, that okay, you know, you'd be, you was there a year, now you're going over at this church, and now you was there two years, now you're going... That's so, that's so man, that's so, that is so flesh. No, God calls a man. Now I'm not saying he'd never change. He calls a man to a city. And he changed us 14 years, and he changed us. He changed our city. He changed our destination. But hallelujah. But he's not changing his mind every, every, every year. And, you know, he's not changing his mind all the time. And, you know, and then sometimes those, you know, preachers say, well, you know, I believe God's calling me. I've always noticed he's usually calling them to a bigger church. Hallelujah. You know, but it takes, you can't do nothing in a year with a church. You can't do anything in a year. Willie George, Pastor Willie George, he says it takes seven years for a town to figure out the pastor's not beating his wife. Well, in February of this year, y'all will figure out <laughs> if I, <laughs> that pastor's not beating me. Well, really, I mean, you know, there's got to be a... There's a um, there's, there's got to be a trust established. And you, there's no way you could get through that in a, a year. Well, you can have a honeymoon for a year. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So uh, he says there, uh, we've been given the measure of faith. We don't have anything to boast about. Hallelujah. We don't have anything to boast about, do we? Glory to God. We got the God kind of faith residing on the inside of us. The kind of faith that God uses. The same faith God uses. God wants us to live totally by faith. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Verse 17. Now we sang that song tonight. Kevin's led by the Spirit. He didn't know what we were going to talk about tonight. And he's saying, We walk by faith. Romans 1, verse 17. 
He says, For then therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, The just shall live by faith. Family, we're all called to live by faith. We're all called to live by faith. Amen. Let's just keep going. Galatians 3.11. Galatians 3.11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Now, I'm one of those that used to put myself under the law a lot. And I put other people under the law a lot. When I was first a first a pastor's wife, you know, it was hard. If I knew if there was a member of the church that wasn't doing right and I knew it, it was hard for me to love them. It was hard for me to give them my approval because I knew they weren't doing right. But it's not hard for me anymore because I got... See, I had myself under the law too. I had them under the law. I had me under the law. And I was, I was harder on me than I was even on them. And you know, if you keep yourself under the law, you'll never walk in health and healing because you'll never be able to do it all right. You know, and the devil, he is so faithful. You could pray 14 hours a day and he'd say, you didn't pray long enough. See, and you got yourself under the law. Hallelujah. See, but we're not called to walk by faith. And I've seen people that just, they were so rigid. And you know, oh man, they had a list of rules and certain things they didn't do. And I've noticed, I've noticed in watching some of my friends, not in the church, but some of our friends, I've noticed the ones, some of the ones that were the loosiest, goosiest when it came to keeping the letter of the law, yet they were faith people. And I saw them work faith. I saw them bring blessings into their life. I saw them prosper. And yet they would what, what I would call loosey-goosey. You know, just not quite living up to what I had the letter of the law. You know? But faith people. You know, when we was traveling for that year and a half, and we, we left Seminole with $3,000. That's all. And a car payment of $600-something dollars a month. Car payment. And no meetings booked. And going to take the whole month of March off to go to Brother Hagen's meetings in Birmingham. He was, Brother, brother, brother uh, Scott Webb was believing for him to stay a month, and he only stayed two weeks. But he was believing him. And so we were prepared to go and spend the whole month in Brother Hagin's meeting. And uh, uh, had put $1,000 down on a house in Trustville. Gone into contract on it. And the, the realtor, she about blew out the, when she, you know, the first mortgage company that said, yeah. Well, we said we was going to travel, and we told her we'd have an income. We were sure we would. But, you know, they weren't, they weren't real enthused about that, and they turned us down as far as financing the house. Well, she was like out the window. You know, some, they're just, you know, we always scramble every realtor. We, we scramble their brain, you know. We just, because we're always walking by faith, you know. And, and they're like, well, I don't see how you're going to do this. And, but God, we will listen to God, and he tells us how. Uh, and he will, you too. Uh, but anyway, the, 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 you know, back to the letter of the law. Well, the letter of the law says all the tithe comes to the church, and it does. But we had some friends out in Houston that sent us $500 a month 
their tithe for a year and a half. I'm sure glad they, they're, they're the ones that are so loosey-goosey I told you about, that make faith work, cause they're, and they're just so loosey-goosey. Oh, I mean they're loosey-goosey. Hallelujah. Whew. Never dress quite right. Never, but just believe in God. Always believe in God. Always happy. Hallelujah. And, you know, they did that for us. I'm glad they weren't under the letter. Thank you, Jesus. Now, now let me clarify. They weren't attending a church. There we go again, you know, but it's not like they were sitting under... Don't sit under a pastor and feed under him and send your tithe to somebody else. Don't sit under... Don't come and let your kids drink the juice in the nursery and you not be a tither. You know, and your kids are, I want the children's church prize. I want the children's church prize. You know, somebody's paying for all of that. Don't come use my air conditioning and not be a tither. No, but these, they weren't going to church. I don't know why, but they, I just know they made faith work and they weren't under the letter of the law. For whatever reason, they couldn't find a church in Houston. <laughs> anyway, but then you know what? They found one one day and it quit coming. When we were ready, I, I really think that because we needed them and God had a higher purpose that God just didn't let them find the church. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, I've probably got them pretty... Pastor, you straighten all that out next week. <laughs> Hallelujah. Galatians, it's, it's true though. Galatians 2.20. Let's turn over there. Thank you, Jesus. It's true... Thank heavens for Scott and Terry Haynes, $500 a month. Well, now that wasn't all of That wouldn't do it. How many of you know that? That didn't do it, but they were the ones that supported us. In the name of Jesus, thank you. And you know, they had been members of our church in West Texas, but God had moved them to Houston. Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Do you notice there? He doesn't say the life I now live, I live by my faith. He said no. He said I, the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Hallelujah. you got the faith of the Son of God on the inside of you. You've got world overcoming faith. It's not any problem to go to the mission field. It's no problem to move from Texas to Alabama and live by faith. It's not any problem. It's no problem whatsoever. We never skipped a meal. Eric never had missed any clothes. He never, we, never, uh, we never missed an offering at Word of Life Church. Never missed an offering. Hallelujah. I don't know. Can, could you go back and tell them how and put it on paper? Nope. Hallelujah. You can't explain the you can't explain the supernatural. I can't tell you how we made ever how we how we got financed on a house, how we made every house payment. I think it was like nine hundred and something dollars a month house payment. I can't tell you. We didn't have any meetings. I was looking over the my I was looking over our itinerary yesterday, just reading through my 96, 97 day planner. And, re and we went, I think it was, you know, June. We had a meeting in Decatur, Georgia in May at a, a black church. I, that five people came to the meeting. 
And I think five people, yeah, all kin to the pastor. I think the offering was something like a hundred and something dollars. And then we went to, uh, drove to Camp Verde, Arizona in June to a Rama church, and they whooped out a big $200 and something. You know, I, and can I tell you how we did it? No. Is it my faith? No. Just, just walked on, uh, just get a word from heaven. Move. You're supposed to move and just, just walk on that word. Just walk on that word. Just keep walking every day. Just every day putting, is it real fun to live like that? It is, but it's fun looking back on it. It's more fun looking back than it is while you're in it. It's real fun looking back, but when you're in it, you know, it's you, you've got to guard yourself. You can't look to the right or left. I mean, and you've got to keep your head up every day. And you can feel a little tension. You can feel some pressure. You can feel it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And boy, you know, Pastor Webb, unheard of. I mean, he didn't know us from Adam. But he asked him to preach a couple of times. It was like, oh, praise God. You know, we heard he gives every speaker a certain amount. You know, if he don't take an offering for him, and he didn't take an offering for us, so he, and hallelujah, you know. And then I, you know, just however, just I remember in one night an usher at Word of Life just walked up and handed us a check for a thousand dollars. Just a just a little usher. Thank you, Jesus. But I can tell you, <laughs> see, and but you know the people you had thought you'd count on. There were people when we left our church in Seminole that said, uh, Oh, y'all are going to travel? We're going to support you. They never, they never did. But you know, I'm not mad at them. You know, they had to, they had to all, like we've had to do, they had to pull together just to keep that afloat. Amen. Uh, you think, well, you'd think, well, man, your parents would come through, wouldn't you? No, 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 no. You boy, see, God will teach you. He's the author of developing faith. He'll teach you to walk by faith. And anything in you that has that wants that wants to look to man, he'll make it impossible for you to look to man. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, I love to walk by faith. I love walking by faith. You can get used to it. We've done it so many years now that we're used to it. We're used to it. You can, use, you can get used to having a bill you don't know how you're going to pay. You'd say, well, I don't believe that's God's best. Well, you won't live there forever. But if you can't believe God for that, how will you ever believe God to do something big for Him? You know, if, if Paul Crouch hadn't stretched, how would he ever got all them TV stations if he just played it safe all the time? See, God's going to stretch every one of us. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I feel sorry for people that, won't, that can't step out in faith, that everything has to be just right. I feel sorry for them. Thank you, Jesus. I know you do too. You feel real sorry for him, don't you? Praise God. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You know, don't worry a bit about finances. It's just not going to change anything. Hallelujah. Just don't worry a bit about it. Hallelujah. I guarantee you, you'll always eat. And if you ever get to supper time and you don't have food in your pantry and you don't have any money to go to McDonald's, if you ever get there, don't say, don't say, don't confess you have any lack. Just say, I'm fasting tonight. I feel led to fast. I'm feeling led to fast and pray. I, I don't think you'll ever get there, but I'm telling you, if you ever get there, you feel led to fasting and praying. Amen? You feel led to fast. Hallelujah. Tell your, don't tell your kids, we don't have any food. We're not eating tonight. Say, no, we're fasting. The Lord told me the whole family's fasting tonight. Fasting and praying. You tell your kids that. Amen? Don't you ever tell your kids you don't have what they need. Don't you ever scare your kids that there's not going to be enough. Don't ever let them know that the electric bills do. Now, Eric may have felt the pressure, but he never knew that, I mean, I'm sure he could figure out some things. Colin always brags that he always knew everything that was going on in the house that he was so, uh, you know, astute as a child. And kids do know a lot more than we give them credit for, parents. You know, we think we're keeping big secrets. We think we've got the Christmas presents hid. Hmm. <laughs> and not if they're in your house, I guarantee you. And not if you ever leave the house, I guarantee you they're not hid. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> You know, you think you're hiding things in the dresser drawers and stuff. You, I know that. I went through every one of my mom's and dad's dresser drawers and looked at everything. <laughs> and every book in the house, I read it too. I was a reader. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Is that true? Woo. <laughs> Some of you are going to go home and have a burning or something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're not hiding anything, are we, from our kids? But anyway, don't, we don't have to tell them. We don't have to put any fear. No fear. Hallelujah. As far as they're concerned, God always supplies. Hallelujah. You're always going to... Don't ever tell your kids, well, now you just may not get much for Christmas this year. You... That just makes me want to spit. That just makes me want to spit. For to think of a parent telling their child that. If you can only buy one present, you ought to act like it's you're giving them a... And you ought to hawk something to buy them more and be believing God. Amen. Always put God in a good light with your kids. I'm talking about your, all of your, even if they're grown, put God in a good light. Amen. Amen. I believe this stuff. Thank you, Jesus. He always comes through. Tell your kids, He always comes through for us. And He does. Hallelujah.
He always comes through for us. Thank you, Jesus. And go to your pantry and make something out of cornmeal and water like that lady that invented hush puppies. Aren't y'all glad all she had was grease and cornmeal and water? Aren't those the best things that... Hallelujah. Isn't that... Aren't you glad? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. God's always good. Don't you ever put him in a bad light to anybody. It's wrong. And you know Malachi says, Your words have been harsh against me. Well, boy, we ought to repent if we've been saying anything that would indicate that God didn't come through. Amen. And that's why even we talked about healing, how people don't think we're sympathetic sometimes. But listen, y'all, if we say, poor you, it, and we really wish God would do this for you, then we're, we're speaking harsh against Him. Aren't we? Hallelujah. It pays to serve God. It's a privilege to serve God. It's a privilege to be in the ministry. It's a privilege. Hallelujah. And we, Pastor and I, we have stretched and we have, but we've never given up nothing compared to our forefathers in the ministry. I mean, we've never slept in a hollow log. And there's, there's our forefathers in the faith, they gave up much to be in the ministry and for this faith message. They were persecuted. But I heard Brother Hagin, and I'm closing with this, uh, but I just heard this the other night. I was listening to an old set of tapes of his on intercessory prayer, and uh, they're old because he said Ken Hagin Jr. was 42, and I know Ken Hagin Jr. is way past 42 now. <laughs> way past. Anyway, on these tapes, Ken Hagin Jr. was 42 years old. But he talks about how God called him to go out and take the message of faith you know, and go out in the evangelistic field and travel from church to church. He had been pastoring churches, Assembly of God churches, mostly, mostly Assembly of God. And uh, God called him out into the evangelistic field to travel, and he knew what it was going to mean. And you ought to hear him on these tapes. I've never remember hearing him talk like this. And he talks about how, don't do it. It's too much to sacrifice. Don't do it unless God absolutely tells you to because you, he, and he talks about how he missed those years with Ken Hagen with his kids he missed those years but God had told him to do it he did it for us he, and he said God's made it up to him but he did it for us we've never sacrificed like he sacrificed and, and every person that hears faith I don't care if they even the people that don't like Brother Hagen even the people that don't like Brother Hagin, even these churches in town that preach against him, the message they preach, uh, the faith that they know, they know it because of Kenneth Hagin Jr. I mean, Senior. Kenneth E. Hagin. They know it because of him. He's the one. He's the one. He was the apostle of faith for our generation. And he took it. And he went from church to church to church to Assembly of God churches lots of times. And all of those churches have turned on him. Preach against him. I bet he is in Tuscaloosa. I bet anything. I know we were in a meeting one time, and he from the pulpit said, I've been to Seminole. 
Man, we beat about we beat a line up there afterwards and asked him, When did you come to Seminole, Brother Hagin? He stood there for me. You know how he is. On March twenty second, nineteen fifty three at four o'clock in the afternoon on so and so street in McKinney, Texas, you know. <laughs> but he went like, uh, nineteen fifty two, I think, one service at the Assembly of God Church. They didn't catch, I can tell you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Glory, let's stand up and be dismissed. Hallelujah. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to walk by faith. It, it, you, you are privileged to have faith.